This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horseman, here with my buddy, as usual, Eric Bradley. And today on the pod, we have the incredibly talented and honestly, my favorite voice in country music. We have Cam. How are you, Cam? Oh, favorite <laughs> voice in country music. True. It's true. I don't, I don't see that. <laughs> That's the podcast. We did there it. There we go. Wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks for uh, tuning in. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for joining us, Cam. It's going to be a good day. I'm excited about this pod. Yeah, me too. So, I mean, I wish I was over there instead of, you know, I wish I could travel anywhere, to be honest, at this point. But here I am in my base. We have a blizzard going on here. Yeah, actually. No way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Woke up to about six, seven inches. Yeah. Funny, kind of crazy, actually. Oh, Nashville has not gotten the memo about winter. It's like kind of doing the thing, but. It's which is better because people don't really know how to drive in anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Even here in Colorado, people struggle. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Before we get going, actually, uh, happy belated birthday. Oh, Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was um, last week and it was like the first time, the first night I've spent away from the baby. I had my friends watch the baby and it was like, oh, my God, I... I was a person before this and I, again, yeah. I had a life. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Congratulations, obviously baby and happy birthday. So yeah, Thank that's you. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a big, pretty big year for you. I'm not going to lie. I know people are like, how's everything treating you? And I'm like, I can't tell, you know, what is because new motherhood is overwhelming and what is because releasing an album is overwhelming and what's just like pandemic. You know, <laughs> I was just telling Eric, though, I actually remember I saw you live uh, Stagecoach 2019. That was such a great show. I remember it so specifically because we were actually backstage behind you and you played Burning House and all the lights went up. And I remember like it's still getting me through because, you know, we can't do live music I, right now. Like I still think about how cool it was to see all of that. And it was such an amazing performance. It was so cool. I love that you got to see that because I from my perspective, it's amazing. And I wish more people knew, you know, what it feels like to get sort of wrapped up in everyone's energy at the same time. It's really special. And actually, I there was no one knew, but there, little Lucy was along for the ride for that show. That was her first show. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> that was her first show. That's amazing. It's crazy because I remember you had the whole like crowd in the palm of your hand. I remember just being in awe. Like I have videos of it just being in awe. You saw the Ferris wheel in the background and like all the, oh, yeah. such a cool moment. I remember. I that. mean, I'm from California. So I think there's like a special, like, I feel like I don't know. You know how you kind of get more embarrassed in front of like your family and your hometown. And I was like, Oh God, I really got to do it well here. So I, I always feel like there's also just this, everyone's coming to stagecoach for country music, but there's not as much, Oh, this is country or this isn't country. It's more like whatever, man, this is awesome. So I, I love that feeling. So I felt like I could really you know, that was before the new album, The Other Side came out. So we had a couple sneak peeks, but also I've just, you know, for five years been playing the same songs and having to like reinvent them and rearrange them and make them into this, which I feel like has made me a really, you know, uh, honed my skills as a performer to 
do something, which probably how it is for you. Like every time you do a podcast, you're like, I'm getting better at this, you know, and like, this is how I want to do it next time. But yeah, I, I feel like the piano intro to burning house was so epic on that one. And till there's nothing left. It was like this huge guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was a good show. I had a good that time. Is, yeah. It was a great show. Um, yeah, let, let's go ahead and get into your, your new album, The Other Side. Um, well, first of all, congr- yeah, congrats on the album release, because like you said, it, it's been it's been a, a while and you've kind of you've had a lot of time to really to make this album. Were you basically kind of did you have this album in mind for the last five years kind of as you were going along or? Well, the first so when I first put out music and Burning House, like it was a really special moment to have that sort of catch on fire and then kind of right after that you're still just running around like you know promoting the new the album at that point so it's probably like a year of just hustling and then after that was like okay I really got to start getting back into writing because it took me like five years to make the first one like over time when's the right time to release it and then you're tweaking the whole time so then this next chapter like I had a better idea and also felt all this freedom because a song that's so not dead center, not like middle of the road, like burning house for that to win in a commercial way. felt I felt like, okay, I can do this. I can do it how I feel right. You know? So I was kind of like dipping my toes and riding with amazing people like Lori McKenna and Hillary Lindsay and Tyler and, and Jeff, who did my last album with me. And then we got to the point of releasing Diane where I thought I had the record pretty much done. And that was like, that was like three years ago now, right? Wow. Two or three years been ago. about, yeah. I think three. I think it's closer to three. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, I thought the record was done. But then while that was having this like amazing moment, that song, I just adore that song. But then I had this um, split with my record label where I, it wasn't a good, um, our values didn't align. <laughs> There you go. So, <laughs> Very political way to say that. That was great. <laughs> so I I left the that branch of the label. And so at that point, you have to like, you know, regroup from a business standpoint. So all that stuff was kind of coming together. And, I, you know, in the middle of it, just like anybody, when you're really ready for something and it doesn't happen, you're just, ah, I wanted it all to come out right now. And my whole life is over because it didn't happen right now. And then I realized like I had this extra time and I got to write classic with Jack Antonoff. I got to hear changes that Harry Styles wrote on and I got to bring that in. I got to hear happier for you that Sam Smith wrote on and bring that into, I mean, and girl like me was written during that time. So there was really, it was an important part of the process to have, you know, what I didn't think I wanted (laughs) more time to put into this record and then now you know it sounds so cliche but like it happens how it's supposed to because here we are in 2020 which is like I keep saying it's not people putting music out in 2020 are not doing it for the music business they're doing it for the music like Mm -hmm. this is like this isn't where you're you know trying to make some sort of big moves (laughs) you know to be all business you're doing it because people really need music right now and they need something medicinal and or an escape or whatever you need and so I was I was really thrilled at the timing of it to realize that I could be of service or whatever and share this and say like here's all these stories for you guys to just soak up and 
in the big scheme, it looks like a really long time, but it's definitely all of it's had its important lessons on. And so that's why I also kind of say like the theme of it being the other side is, you know, obviously from the song that I got to write with Avicii, but also being on the other side of a lot of these really important lessons about how I view the world and myself and yeah, you know, deep 2020 stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Getting deep. No. Um, well, you just mentioned so many names. It's so cool because you have so many different musical influences throughout this album. And this might be a hard question to answer, but what, if somebody was to ask you, you know, what is the, you know, the, I don't know the, yeah, the theme almost, I guess of the other side, like if somebody asked you to describe the album, what would you what would you describe it as? I know it's really I do say that it's kind of like Mary Poppins where she pours the medicine and it's like different colors for different people because <laughs> whenever I someone will come back to me and say they love the album and they'll everybody says like different songs. I mean so obviously they like a lot of the you know like the bigger songs but just it means something at different times. So I think it's a whole collection of stories about things you're trying to figure out. And I actually heard this quote the other day from Nadine Hubbs, who did this book that was called Redneck Queers and Country Music. And it's like a really interesting take on understanding classism and country music and all that to say, she's like, what I think country music's about is morals and not the religious stuff, but just what do you do in difficult situations? Like, how are you supposed to act? And like, I think that's so, I thought that rang so true. Like when you're in these situations, like, what goodbye means is my friend had um, a divorce like happening to him <laughs> basically. And it was really ugly, but he was being so nice to her. And I'm like, you know, a Scorpio. So I was like, why are you being so <laughs> And he was like, because she might change her mind. And it, it was so sad to me because, but I knew exactly what he meant because at the time you can only take so much painful truth at a time you know what I mean so you just got to rate you're taking it and there's nothing wrong with that and so each of these stories is sort of like how to handle you know these kind of moments and some of them are beautiful love moments that you're not sure if you can trust them yet and some of them are really you know longing and heartache and then you get to the end of the album and this is what it means to me specifically is that girl like me is like the note from the author. So that's like me saying, okay, you just heard all these stories, but let me explain where I'm coming from and what my lens is for all of this. And it's that during this past five years, like the world just broke my heart. And this happens to everybody at some point, Mm -hmm. realize that it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. And then you have, and then it's like the thing where nobody realizes like there's a next step. (laughs) And it's like, what do you do? Do you pretend it didn't happen or do you stay jaded and just like leave all the pieces on the floor and say, whatever is not my problem. I'm not even going to bother with it. Or do you say like, no, this is what I did. Like, I see this as like a doorway and like an invitation or a, a, a freeing instead of seeing things in just the concepts that you were given as a kid. It's like, no, the world is just a big old mess, you know? And part of that is so wonderful because you can be, bigger and brighter and crazier than you ever thought, but also you're full of things that are like not great things too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, true. I feel like that's not really a succinct answer to what you're asking. No, that was great though. That was so okay. great. 
Yeah. No, it's so funny because I'm listening to you. You talk about this and you know, I, I read that you were actually in psychology, right? Before yeah. you became a musician. So I feel like that actually plays into your music a little. Like I can feel you kind of working through it as you obviously were writing this album. And that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think the reason that I loved psychology research and the reason that I love songwriting is because I'm just trying to figure myself out. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Like, what am I going through? Is everybody else going through this? And so, I mean, music feels like, you can also say things that in conversation are really hard to say, you know, when you have that feeling, you're like, it's in your throat. You're like, I shouldn't say it right now, but I don't think I can say it. Like music is like, Oh, just, just say it. Like it's, you're all on the same page. Yeah. There's, I mean, well, there's a lot of things I'm very jealous of musicians about, but the one thing is, is the way they can use their songwriting and everything as like therapy, medicinal, like the word you use medicinal. It's a really good word. Um, And I've always been jealous of that. And obviously, you know, music gets, can get you through. I mean, it gets, that's the coolest thing too. It gets us through like your, what you write down on a piece of paper can get us through really hard times as well as yourself. So that's a, that's a gift. Tell you what, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it feels like you know when it's your own thing. You know how you always want like someone else's hair, someone else's car, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) This one sucks. Like, can I have another? But it's just hard in the moment to figure out. Like, there's a quote that says, "I don't like writing, but I like having written." Because in the moment, it is so hard. (laughs) We'll be right back. If you're like me and you hate going to the grocery store, but you love cooking and love natural ingredients, then you're going to love Green Chef. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow lifestyles with select organic ingredients. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you'll love to cook. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company and has meals for a variety of lifestyles, including vegan, vegetarian, paleo, and keto. Go to greenchef.us slash Blake80 and use code Blake80 to get $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Again, go to greenchef.us slash Blake80 and use code Blake80 to get $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Now back to the pod. Was it always, I mean, like we talked about like psychology and everything. Did you always want to be a musician? Was that like something you always dreamed of? Like, are you living out your dream, you know, like your childhood dream? You know, when I was really little, my dad would sing around the house and he was really good at singing, like not professional or anything, but just like good tone. And he always seemed so happy when he was singing. So I think I always felt like it was such a good thing to do that. I always did it on the side. Like I was in children's choirs and did acapella groups and wrote, you know, kind of like on my guitar in college and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think coming from the San Francisco Bay area, it sounds really practical, but like you can't (laughs) live, you can't afford to live there if you were a musician. So I always thought I had to do something else. So um, no, I never, I didn't think being a musician was practical. And actually, to be honest, I'll say this because my parents probably won't listen to this podcast. (laughs) I'm going to keep them away from it. But they, I had two second cousins that were in music and like played for like Tom Jones and Ray Charles, like, and played, you know, like bass and drums. And um, it's just such a difficult lifestyle for a lot of people. It's not set up um, 
And that's the industry's fault. It's not the individual's fault, but it's not set up, you know, in a kind of a safe way. So I think they, they were not exactly like, oh, you should figure out how to be a musician. That was the, never the push <laughs> the case yeah yeah no i hear you i mean i'll tell you what yeah <laughs> san francisco is hard to live no matter what you're doing let alone <laughs> being a musician <laughs> i can't imagine so did you have a moment when you got kind of like your big break or you were like oh my gosh i can do this like this is gonna happen like what did that moment look like well i remember getting a publishing deal offer when i was like first starting I decided I was like, I moved down to LA with a boyfriend and like, I knew a guy, Tyler, who ended up becoming my like main producer and musical co-writer. Like he, and he does like, you know, Harry Styles albums and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, fancy and famous now. But back in the day we were both, you know, living in cockroach infested apartment in LA. And I remember getting this publishing deal, like, oh, like we're going to offer you something because we're, we were taking one of your songs and we're going to give it to this independent artist. And I was like, I have made it. And it <laughs> was the worst contract for like no money. And they're basically taking all like, you know, Shark Tank when they're like, okay, we could take like this percentage of your business and give, basically take all your business and give you like $50. It was something like so bad. And so I, but at the time I was like, I've made it. I am in the game, you know, and that wasn't really the moment that I had made it or was in the game. (laughs) I ended up saying no to that contract, but I feel like the real, the real moment that I felt like I could do what I could do was when I got uh, Jeff and Ty were invited to go write for Miley Cyrus. And this was like before bangers. So they were writing for the bangers album. So I went in and Mike will was producing and it, you know, like, it's California. It's a studio and like mm-hmm. everybody's smoking. I'm trying, yeah, to, right, right. I'm trying to keep up. You guys are in Colorado. You don't care. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Four times my size. And I just like, by the end of the session, like Tyler had been doing production and I was like, okay, let's get out of here. I'm like way too tired. <laughs> and Mike was like, why do you go in here? Like, let me show you this track and you can go like lay down some ideas track. And I was like, oh my God, right now, like, I don't know if I have this in me. And he played it and I like put the headphones on and just looped it. And I just came up with this chorus and they were like, oh, you have it? And I was like, yeah, I think I got like the, they're like the melody. I was like, no, the melody words, everything. They're like, oh, okay. And I sang it. And that was exactly what ended up on Miley Cyrus's Bangers album on this track. Yeah. I was like, wow, like I, I think I'm kind of good. Like, <laughs> like, For a second, I thought, wow, maybe I should smoke before I do things. And then yeah, I, I was just going to say that very quickly. That was not the special song. <laughs> oh, that is an I, awesome story. <laughs> Dang, that is a story. Like that's something you'll be telling for years. That's cool. That's really cool. I mean, when you're writing for Miley Cyrus before that, I was like, are we doing the climb? Like, what are we doing here? And Mike will, to his credit, this is like some of the best advice I ever got. He said, you do what you do. Cause that's going to be the best thing that I can get from you. Like, and that is such to this day, I get goosebumps thinking that because it's so important. Like everybody has their thing. And if you're trying to make them do something that's not them, it's just going to be second rate. So you should just 
stay yeah. in your thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's for like literally everything in life, you know, like right. I feel like that's for everything. Yeah. Just music. Yeah. It's so true. Um, have you always been a fan of the show of the bachelorette? I, okay. So I remember, or I mean, cause it's been on forever, you know? So like, I remember early, early days, there was a gal that was like f- from the Marina in San Francisco. So of course we all had to watch and just be like, who is this chick? What's happening? You know? <laughs> so I feel like it's so easy once you, if you start, like if there's a season and I watch an episode, then I'm hooked. Then I'm in. Whole season, gotta know. If I don't watch it, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm not I'm not in the story. <laughs> stay away from it. So it's so true. I mean, and that's what, like you just said too, it's, it's such a brilliant show. And the fact that like, even if somebody's like from your town, you're like, okay, I got to watch to see who this girl is. Or like a friend of a friend yeah. of a friend is on it. You're like, I got to watch to see. And then you yeah. get hooked on other characters and then you got to watch their narrative. You're like, ah, I know. Show. I know. It's so good. But it's like, also just, I mean, how much is real? Well, um, unfortunately, quite a bit of it. Really? <laughs> it's pre- yeah, it's very real. It's very real. So we ha- let's dig into that teaser on Instagram because yeah. you were at the La Quinta on set. <laughs> and like, I was just teasing. I thought it was so funny to tease that like Chris Harrison was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, hook me up. I'd love to be on it. No, I'm just like creepily watching it like a mom at home in my sweatpants <laughs> <laughs> that's well, what do you think then about this season <laughs> i mean i feel like obviously the flip to the new bachelorette is like amazing but also now where do we go I like i mean i can't imagine going in and then having to switch like your affections for people that's freaking wild that is also, uh here for the korean guy oh yeah not, joe not joe. here the ed chasing thing like what is that i mean uh yeah i, can I always say i i said it in the last podcast i was like basically what i call it is the mental hunger games like when i was on it, it's just like every week you wait to see who's gonna lose their mind and last week it was chasing i was like chasing's yeah. angry that like bennett wore a robe and that like you know just like the smallest things and then here's my question did they set you up so that like i mean because you guys are kind of like in your own space like it's just probably easy to sort of, yeah, like get super frustrated. Oh yeah. Well, and yeah, especially this season for them because they're not traveling. We're, we're on my season. I traveled all over the world, you know, and you get like time yeah. off camera, but these guys are always on camera, always, you know, they don't move. They're in the same area for like, a, you know, weeks and weeks. So it's a, yeah, it's a wild experience to say the least, but that's cool that you're a big, that's your fan. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're hooked. You're hooked now. You're gonna have to watch all the spin-offs, all that stuff. I know. No, that's like I feel like everybody what I've been getting told by the gal who does my like photography and stuff, she's like, and then this, you would have seen them on this episode of XYZ. And she like knows the entire lineage and she's part of like they have like pools, like bets they do. Oh yeah. So she's got, <laughs> yeah like, like, like full on betting. And I was like, yeah. wow. It's like fantasy drafts. Yeah, <laughs> like it's crazy. So um, what I always like to, to ask musicians and answer this, you know, it's also another hard question. But if, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, what would you want your legacy to be like as a musician or not as a musician, just as, as, a, as a person, as a mom? You know, what, what would that legacy look like? I really hope that I feel like there's a shift happening in people's awareness because of George Floyd 
honestly, this year. But I, I really would hope that I can play a part in the spaces that I'm in, like specifically country music to like start making sure we honestly, we address like the structures that are in country music that were created because of white supremacy into further white supremacy because, and I'm not talking about the music. The music's always been about real people and all kinds of people. But when we created a genre for advertising and selling things in the 20s and 30s, we did it in a segregated country. And there was a purposeful choice that hillbilly music, even though all kinds of people made hillbilly music, they were only going to record white people and sell it to white people. And then they made race records where they recorded only black people and were selling to black people. And we've been like living with this legacy for a really long time. And I think we're kind of at this moment of like, can we just not anymore? Can we not have that? Like, let's just look at it and let's, yeah. and so I want to, I want to do my part. Yeah. I want to part to help make sure we don't hand this. I don't want my daughter living with this kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Amen. I like that. That's, that's, that's awesome. And, and like you said, this, this album has so many different musical influences. Like I can't put you in like a box, you know, which I'm, I'm guessing that's something kind of you were going for, right? Yeah. I think just the freedom to try and support the music in any way that like sounds cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I don't want it to be like, Oh, you have to X, Y, Z be this or that. But um yeah, it's so funny because some people, it just depends on what you're, you grew up listening to if you feel like it resonates one way or another. But I'm, mm-hmm. I like that it, if the first thing you hear is my voice and like you're thinking about that being like real and you believe me, then I think you're in. I think the rest of it's going to just keep you on the story. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. No, I listened to the whole album, so it, it's fantastic. It is. Hey, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> dogs like it too. Um, yeah, well, well, thank you so much for coming on, Cam. Um, you know, where can people find you? Um, obviously, the album came out just recently, like a, less than a couple weeks ago. So yeah. everybody go look for the other side. And then where can, yeah, where can people find you? Cam Country is my handles on Insta and all that kind of stuff. And then camcountry.com is where you can go and check out and find everything. Perfect. Everybody go check out camcountry.com and find her at Cam Country. And uh, yeah, she's an incredibly talented songwriter and uh, musician. So check her out, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, Cam. Appreciate it so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on-site at the world-famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose.